Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Let's turn in our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. If you would and you're able to, could you stand for the reading of the word? understand starting with verse 5 trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths and as we said last week those are probably two of the most difficult verses that we will ever try to live in real time um, that's probably that and Philippians chapter, I think it's chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Um, or is it 3, 1 through 5? But they're also equally challenging. You know, that's the one that says uh, that you are to look at others better, esteem others better than yourself. How many do that? Don't raise your hand, please. Don't raise your hand. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. And then one more passage found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm teaching tonight part two of the subject, faith's greatest challenge. Faith's greatest challenge. Will you lift your voice and pray with me one more time? Father, into your hands we commend our spirit. To be used as your oracle, as your voice tonight to this great people. Help us to say the things that matter. Help us to say the things that will impact every heart and every life. You know every circumstance. You know every situation. You know what people may be dealing with right now. And God, we're trusting you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. 
You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long. We started this message last week, or when we started this message last week, we had no plans for it to go into a part two. However, we do feel like we are here tonight in the will of God. As we opened last week's message, there's no one in this sanctuary or watching online that hasn't had times when our faith has been challenged. Anybody would agree with that? Just Being challenged, however, isn't equal to defeat. And that's what you've got to understand. Because you may have lost a battle doesn't mean you've lost the war. God didn't save any of us to be defeated. God's word gives us clear direction on how to navigate the challenges and we will be victorious if we'll navigate it God's way. There's a good way to do things, but then there's a God way to do things. And I want God's will and God's way. It just seems like to be a winning recipe when you do it God's way. I want us to look one more time at what the Lord said to Simon Peter found in the book of Luke 22, 31 through 30. Well, I'm going to just read here, 31 through 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, I indeed, indeed, Satan has asked you that he may ask for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now, did you hear what Jesus said? I know we discussed this at some length last week. However, I really felt like we need to review at least a bit of this again. Again, I want you to hear what Jesus said to Peter. I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. But even before he said that, I want to pull this out. Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you. He understood he's under authority. And he can do nothing unless God allows it. And of course, much of how and why and when he does things has to do even with our unwillingness to take the spiritual authority that God has given us and use it in real time. It's one thing to talk about having it. It's another thing to, do, to use it. Well, that, that went over really strong. I thank you for all those amens. I appreciated that very much. Did you hear what Jesus said? 
I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Think about that for a moment. And then he said, when you have returned unto me, or as the King James says, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Jesus' statement is so powerful because it is the answer. I want to repeat that again. His statement is powerful because what he said to Peter is the answer how to effectively navigate our faith when we are challenged. It also reveals how to battle the attack of Satan regardless of what type of attack that it may be. Now let me explain. As we taught last week, the word faith is primarily a New Testament word, even though its real foundation and example is found in the Old Testament. The word was actually first used in Deuteronomy 32 and 20. Let's read it again. And he said, I will hide my face from them, I will see that what their end shall be. Watch this now. For they are, per, they are perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. So when we talk about faith, we're not talking about something passively. Well... It's okay if we don't have faith from time to time. No, it's not. It's never okay. It's never okay. Without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible to please God. It's impossible. The definition, by definition, the word faith in this verse in Deuteronomy means establishing, trusting. However, it comes from the root word that means assurance or confidence. God was simply saying their lifestyle and how they lived was proof they didn't trust him. I want to say that again. Faith is not just squeezing your brain real hard. And please, I don't know if this church sings this song or not, but please don't ever again ever sing faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. That is the most unscriptural song I think that was ever written. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go there. You see, all that God did for Israel as a nation should have been enough to prove his love for them, yet it wasn't enough. 
God said about them. They were children that had no faith. Can we compare also what he called them before he said that? They were perverse. To say you're Christian and not live a life of faith, it, they, don't, they don't mix. They don't match. God said they were children that had no faith. Simply put, Ellis paraphrase, they would not trust the sovereignty of his leadership in their life. You see, as we said last week, I believe I said this last week, one of the primary reasons Satan wants your faith challenged and the reason he wants your faith diminished is because it's a direct attack against God's credibility. We may never say God's not credible. Unfortunately, we just live that way. You understand, you don't have to say some things. God identified their faith by what they did and did not do. See, what Jesus said to Peter are the words that each of us need to understand and never forget. I, I feel like I'm, I'm coming over really hard tonight. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not meaning to be strong or offensive in any way. But I feel very passionate about this. And I think we just need to get it because it has such importance in our walk with God and in our ability to move forward in the will of God. And, and, and what Jesus was wanting Peter to understand and never forget was that, number one, there are just some things in life you and I cannot and will not change. Stuff happens. And that doesn't mean you had anything to do with it. But how you react to it. And how you respond to it is everything. Number two, there's nothing we can do about anything we've done in the past. I said to this, this to the church in Canton not long ago. If you've stopped paying your tithes for whatever reason, don't try to catch it up. Just start paying them today. If you're continually going back and trying to upgrade or update or fix something in the past, stop it. Just start today and do what you know to do. And do it with faith and do it with trust. And do it because you love the God that saved your soul. And Pastor Nick didn't pay me to say that either, just, just so you understand. 
And then number three, we have no control over what people choose to say or do. We'd like to think we do. How about it, adult? How about, how about it, parents that have adult kids? Have you settled to the fact that you no longer have control? If you haven't, your head's probably stuck in the mud somewhere. Your eyes are blinded. You're, you're, you got a blindfold over you. There are just some things you can't control, and one of them is what people say or what people do. It's a struggle today for some pastors, especially older ones. You know, when I grew up, basically there was one answer for everything. Obey them to have the rule over you. That's it. <laughs> no matter what the question was, the answer was obey them to have the rule over you. So you just obeyed because that's what you're supposed to do. We're living in a generation now that's pushed the borders way beyond that. And quoting that scripture to them doesn't do anything. There's got to be something on the inside of their heart that says, I love God and I want to walk in submission and obedience to the Lord and I'm doing it because I love God. <clears throat> but there is something we do have control of. We have control of our own actions and especially our relationship with God. We also control how we choose to live our life and who we allow to influence our decisions and life choices. Amen. You know, when Peter made the decision to lay aside his fishing boats and follow Jesus, that was all that he had to do to put a target on his back to the unclean spirit world. Have you ever noticed whenever you told yourself, I think I'm going to go on a fast. Just, just write everything down that goes through your mind in the next 60 seconds. Well, I think I'm going to begin to study the word of God like I've never studied. I think, I, I think I'm really going to pursue getting a home Bible study to teach. I think I'm going to have a Matthew party. I think I'm going to, and you fill in the blank. And how quickly you will start feeling pushback from two primary sources. I know you want to say number one is Satan, but I'm going to say number one is your own flesh. And number two is the spirit world. It will push back, always push back. Peter, Jesus wanted Peter to understand the same faith that led him to make that decision would be the same faith to enable him to withstand the attack of Satan regardless of how the attack would come. Don't stop trusting God 
regardless with what you have to deal with. Well, that's easy to say, Bishop. Correct. Well, that's hard to live, Bishop. Correct. Just because something's difficult doesn't make it right. I had somebody say to me the other day, new Bible study I'm teaching, man, it's, it's hard. I said, that's right. Nobody said things was going to be easy. Anything that has value in our life will cost us something. If you want to plant seed in the spring and pluck a harvest in the fall, it's going to require some work during the summer months. It's going to require some sweat. It's going to require pulling weeds. It's going to require doing excess things. Why? Because anything that has value will have work behind it. Living for God. I got the Holy Ghost now. Everything's going to be wonderful from here on out. Really? <laughs> really? Listen, I'm not trying to paint a negative message here today. But I'm, I, I am, t oh God, do I really want to say this like this? Some of us need to grow up in our relationship with God. I'm not talking about age and tenure. Well, I've been living for God for decades. That's not what I'm talking about. Some of us need to grow up in our attitude toward him. There needs to be some spiritual maturity in us. And, and, and we don't get shocked because things happen. We understand there's this thing called life. And life adds challenges to our faith. But we need our faith to navigate those challenges. Can somebody give me a head nod at least here today? Would you agree? Do you understand? Are you relating to anything that's being said here tonight? Don't stop trusting God regardless of what you have to deal with. I understand that's what's so challenging. However, here's the promise. When we get through it, we're instructed to help others. You know why Jesus could say that? Because you're going to get through it. If you don't quit or drop your shield. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. Start reading at verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, and having done all to stand, again, my favorite saying. What does all exclude? 
having done all, everybody say all, having done everything you possibly can to stand, stand. Do you, you feel how emphatic that is? I'm doing everything I can to stand. I'm, I'm pulling whatever I got to do to get up. But don't just stop in the, in the struggle. Be victorious in the struggle. When you've done all to stand, then stand. Watch it, verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, But here's what I want to get to, verse 16. Here it is again, above all. What does that mean? Above everything that he just said. Taking what? The shield of faith. Now watch it, which you will be able to quench... There's that word again. All the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, I'm sure bishop or pastor has instructed you about this. Maybe I have even at some point over the numbers of years we've been coming to Lighthouse. In the first century, the majority of the Roman soldiers did not have metal shields. You've got to understand, producing iron and metal in that day was extremely laborious. And so it was the hierarchy, those of the officers and higher-ups, they were the ones that would have had the, the metal protection common soldier, however, the front-line soldier, their shields were made of wood. Now, can you imagine if you're on the front line and the enemy had a very distinct battle attack, as the archers would line up, there would be the front line, and then there would be the second row or the ones in between. The first line, the archers, their arrows were fiery, what the Scripture calls fiery darts. Rag and oil burning on the end of it. And that was by design because their aim was to hit their shield. Why? Because when that arrow stuck into that shield and that oil leaped off that that arrow and that rag and it set that wooden shield ablaze. And what is the common response when you're standing there holding a blazing piece of wood The next line of archers, 
They didn't need fiery darts because those arrows were aimed straight for the heart. Watch the, the word picture we get here. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Watch it now. Which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. In other words, Paul is saying, whatever you do, don't drop your shield. Why? Because that shield is supernatural. That shield is able to quench whatever fiery enemy, dart, missile, that the enemy would shoot at you. Whatever you do, don't drop your shield. Prophet Habakkuk, verse 2, chapter 2 and verse 4. Behold how proud, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The Apostle Paul actually quotes Habakkuk when he wrote to the Hebrew church. And listen to what he said. Hebrews 10, verses 35 through 38. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. I believe the King James says patience. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Paul reminded the church who they were, but he also reminded them who they were not. Verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Yes, stuff happens. Some things are of our own doing. Sorry I had to say that, but it's the truth. Some things, however... We've had nothing to do with. All you have to do is start pursuing God. And the enemy, if he can, will target you. And what he's really aiming for first is for you to drop your shield. Because the next arrow is aimed right at your heart. To try to cause you to lose credibility and faith in God. If God were really faithful, he would have. If God really loved me, he would have. I don't understand why he didn't. I don't understand why he allowed this. 
again, can you imagine being Peter? And the Lord said, hey, Satan has asked me for permission to attack you. And I'm sure Peter was standing there waiting for Jesus to say, don't worry about it. He's not going to do it. That's not what he said. When you get through it, Peter, and you will strengthen your brethren. When you return back to me, when you get your attitude right, when you get that shield of faith back in its proper place, then help others get through what you went through. I know we don't like that response. We don't like that answer. But that is the answer. That is the answer. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word faith there, again, much like in the Old Testament, it means persuasion, confidence, assurance. Faith is the conviction that something is true. Faith in God is just that. You believe he's true. That he's all credible. He doesn't lie. The word substance is an interesting word. Faith is the substance. We've got some builders in here. We've got people that know how to build. The word substance there literally means a setting under or a support. The support of this building is not seen. But you have the evidence there are supports. If you didn't, you wouldn't be in here today. You walked in here because you believed the person who designed this building built within it a substructure that while you can't see it necessarily, it's doing its job in supporting the main structure that enables us to be in here when Storms are raging outside, both literally and spiritually. There is something about the church when you're going through a storm that enables you to stand, feel safe, feel secure. Why? Because God in his wisdom built a substructure underneath it. Faith is the substructure. It's the support. It's the support of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I, I don't see it, but I have the evidence that it's there. Because when the enemy has given us his best shot, we're still standing.
So in other words, you don't see the support system, but you trust the architect that he knew to build a support system in the design. So when the storms come, and they will come, everybody say they will come, not only does the building continue to stand, but it's a place of shelter and protection. Paul then gave them testimonies of why we can trust the substructure, why we can trust the God that saved us. Look at verse 2, Hebrews 11, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, watch it, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But here's what every one of us tonight in this building and online need to understand. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those, watch it now, who diligently seek him. There are three very key points that I want to make as we close that we just read. Number one, without faith, it's not possible to please God. It's not. I appeal to you, my brothers and sisters, regardless of how ugly the mess may be you're going through, don't drop your shield. It may burn for a while, but I promise you the supernatural will come along and take it out. And when you come out, you'll come out strong. Number two, you must believe that he is. See, the challenge with some of us who are on the wrong side of, you pick the number, We've got decades in our walk with God. The problem is, the challenge is, and they say us old men, once we, when we get older, they used to say this about N.A. Urshan all the time. He, he just, the older he got, the more stories he told. And you, you, you just, when you get older, you, you, you go back and you just start remembering those stories of the past. 
And I'm thankful for everything God has ever done in my life. But I can't live in the past. I can't live in the past. Brother Tenney said it like this. Our future has got to be bigger than our memories. We've got to look forward to what God is doing. But Bishop, looking forward doesn't give me a lot of hope. I said to somebody the other day that maybe it was you we were talking to. The, the average age of an adult male in North America, the life, average life expectancy is 77. Some of us, that doesn't make us want to shout. <laughs> that's, not, that's not exactly time. I remember Bishop Strange always telling me, I'm, 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 I'm living on barred time right now. <laughs> We, we understand. And so the tendency is to continually believe that he was. Well, I remember when he did. But the scripture says that we must believe faith. Now faith says we must believe that he is. Not that he was. Not that he will be. But he's a God that knows how to, to step right into our current reality and our current situation. Well, Bishop, I've been praying. Well, keep praying. I've been hoping. We'll keep hoping. I've been looking. We'll keep looking. Where there's no vision, what happens? You die. Keep looking forward. My stepdad, not the most spiritual person in the world, but he used to say this, and I believe it. He said, every day is above ground's a good one. Every day above ground, God's still got a plan for us. Every day above ground, that means God's not finished with us. Come on now. You must believe that he is, not that he was in the past or will be in the future. God wants to step into your current challenge right now. But I appeal to you, whatever you do, or however long it seems God is taking, don't drop your shield. And the third point, God is a rewarder. That literally means God's a remunerator. In other words, he gives wages and he gives rewards for who? For those that just say, I'm a good person. I pray to God every day. No, 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 no. That's not who he remunerates. He remunerates those who diligently seek him. See, that's the combination with that shield. You're not just holding a piece of wood in front of you, but you understand that that shield has supernatural attributes to it. But I'm not going to just passively stand here and just wait for darts to hit me. 
I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to diligently seek him. If I told you there's a $1,000 cash hidden in this sanctuary right now, and it's yours for the taking, I would not have a chance to preach anymore. You'd be getting up, you'd be turning over every plant, every planter. Sister Strange would be pulling her hair out watching you just throw this place into chaos, looking for that $1,000 bill or that $1,000 because you believe it's yours for the taking. Well, I want to tell you, God, the supernatural God we serve is telling us that he remunerates those who diligently seek him. That's the answer. That's the answer. Stand with me if you would, please. This is what so many people don't understand. To diligently seek for something is an earnest search or to search out. Oh, we search all right. We search for an escape. We search for an, a reversal. We search for the answer of the why question or how can I go back and redo what I messed up. That's not what we should be searching for. Our search should be for Jesus. God help us that our that we feel like we've done everything we need to do because we repented, we got baptized in Jesus' name, and we received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, and we live holy, and we'll continue to do those things. And that's it. And we're just going to come, we're going to sit, we're going to soak, and say, Pastor, feed us, feed us, feed us, feed us. For what? So that we can just soak and get fatter? Feed us. If, 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 if something in these last two weeks hasn't stirred something on the inside of you to want to seek him, I've failed you. Watch this, Jeremiah 29. I know you're standing. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Watch this, verse 13. And you will seek me and find me, when you search for me with all your heart. There's that word all again. What are you in search of this evening? Maybe you're in the midst of a challenge right now. Maybe your faith is being tested right now. What are you doing about it? Well, I just feel bad. That's not what I ask you. What are you doing about it? It's one thing 
to know you need to do something. It's another thing to do something. It's one thing to know you need to search for him. But I've been living for God all my life. Wonderful. You ought to better know how to search than others. Is he, is, have you plumbed the depths of him? Have you reached the heights of him? Have you navigated the, the far reaches of him? Have we reached there yet? When's the last time you went into your prayer closet and you didn't come out until you knew you touched him? Till you knew you found him. You took your watch off and you just got in his presence. Lord, I'm not asking you for anything. It's your voice that matters most to me. What do you want to say to me? I seek you, Lord, with all my heart. And God, if there's something better, a better way for me to do it, a greater way for me to do it, God, if I go out of this life, I want to go out knowing I've finished well. Come on, will you lift your hands all over the house right now? In the name of Jesus. Come on, do you want an answer or do you want the answer? Please understand, keep praying. When Jesus becomes the continued quest of your life, everything that he is comes with him. What he is searching for, search for Jesus. He is the answer. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we need you tonight. We need you tonight. We need you tonight. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us if we've laid aside our search. Forgive us, Lord, if we've dropped our shield. Help us, God, to pick it up. Help us, God, to open our voice and use the God-given authority that you've given us as your children. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Greet one another. Be dismissed in the name of the Lord.